You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Today, we are going to have Eric Hofsis in later to talk about the basketball season to date. He's going to give us his perspective on what's gone right and what's gone wrong. And we're also going to talk about the UVA game and talk about a team that's kind of hard to describe because there's not much to them. So we're going to talk about those two things. But before we do, I want to talk to you about this podcast. If you're new to this, Locked On Boston College is a daily Boston College podcast hosted by me, AJ Black, editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com. I talk about everything BC, whether it's recruiting news, football news, basketball news. I'll even jump into hockey and women's basketball every now and then. So you're going to want to make sure that you go to your favorite podcast directory and hit the subscribe button to make sure that you get every episode delivered directly to your inbox. We do this every day. I give you a 30-minute podcast every day about Boston College. How are you going to beat that? I have guests. I get into opinions and analysis. You can't beat it. It's going to be a unique format that you're not going to find anywhere else in BC Nation. Now that we got that out of the way, I want to talk to you today about statistics. Let's look at statistics, because I think when you talk about Boston College, one of the things that doesn't translate are the statistics versus where they are in terms of wins and losses. This is a team that doesn't do things particularly well. You don't have a team like Clemson. They're not a team like Clemson, where you can look at their pass offense and go, my God, their stats are ungodly. They do things, a lot of things pretty well, and there's some things that are concerning. Now, I love looking at bigger statistical packages. So on ESPN, Bill Connolly does SP+. He does He's done a phenomenal job of creating this statistical formula that looks at all different sorts of variables and predicts games for Boston College and all teams in the country. Now, looking at what he's picked, and I don't have his, his statistics in front of me, I would guarantee that he would have BC right now at 3-7. and seven. I bet he predicted them to beat Duke, Syracuse, and Georgia Tech. Uh, sorry, in Texas State. I don't. I bet, and maybe, maybe four and five, four and six. Maybe he had uh, Georgia Tech. It's just that Boston College and this team do not really. They're not a team that statistics are going to really show the complete picture. And I'm going to show you why in a second. So you have Bill Connolly, and, and again, he has them losing to UVA this week. They had them losing to Louisville last week. It's just, you know, they look at last year, they're using old statistical packages to kind of set what they their expectations are for a team. And that's what it is. And for teams like Alabama and Clemson, it's going to probably show a much more accurate picture of what they're going to do because they're going to clobber teams that they're supposed to clobber. A team like BC, it's a little bit more nebulous. So let's jump into Pro Football Focus. It's a website, if you haven't checked it out, they do all these great statistical analysis of all the players and all of the um, the games. They, they break everything down. So you can see, for instance, how Ben Petrula graded as a pass blocker or how uh, Max Richardson did in run defense. They give grades for all of that. And they have all of these statisticians that look at it and, and grade out. Now, this is why I want to show you this and why I have such a hard time with some of these statistical analysis. Looking at the Louisville game, I want you to guess. 
think that think in your head, who what player got the highest grade on offense for Boston College? You thinking? I'll give you a moment. All right, who did you guess? Did you guess David Bailey? Did you guess Dennis Grossell? Did you guess Zay Flowers? Nope. Jelani Galloway got the highest grade for Boston College. He got a 77.4, which is a nice high, like a high green, which is their good their good ratings. That's the highest they got. It was a 77.4 on offense. Who, who was number two? Zion Johnson. Okay, makes sense. Three, Zay Flowers. All of these are in the greens. Now let's jump to the bottom of the pile. Who was the lowest ranked, okay? Think of who, if you were watching that game, who would you have picked to be the lowest ranked? Their lowest ranked was Ben Petrula. Ben Petrula? Really? The team ran for 188 yards. They didn't allow a single sack. He got a 28.8 grade for pass blocking. Again, net neither Jakovic nor Dennis Grossell got any pressure on them the entire game. And he had a 28.8. 50.4 on run block. I don't understand. Like, maybe I'm just missing something. But I don't understand how this grading system works. And Pro Football Focus is a, is a site that is very highly regarded. So... You look at this, and this is what it goes through all year. They had, as I said in an earlier episode, Phil Dracovic, who was just named a Davy O'Brien Award watch list with 30 other quarterbacks, was ranked the 65th best quarterback in the country. Where that comes from, I don't have a clue. So this, this is the kind of stuff that I'm like, I, I, I like stats. Believe me, I, I think that's great. But none of this makes any sense to me. Let's look at the defensive grades and see what we what they gave for BC. The highest rated defensive player, Dion Jones. That makes sense. He he wasn't he had a good game. He he was rated as high as the highest offensive player, right around there, along with John Lamott. John Lamott, really? The linebackers got rated that high. He got high, rated higher than any of the quarterbacks on the on the the offensive side. Marcus Valdez, Max Roberts. Who's the lowest ranked? defensive player. I don't think this one's that hard to guess. It was Isaiah McDuffie, who was ranked 36.2, and that was deep in the red. He's down there with Luke Beckett, Brandon Sebastian, Jason Matry, and Max Richardson. So it's interesting to see all this because, you know, it looked like the defense got better grades on pro football focus than the offense did. Hunter Long was also on the bottom of the offensive pile. He was right above Ben Petrula. Why am I telling you this? If you're a fan of Boston College and you see these statistics, you're going to think this team is, you know, bad. Take statistics with a grain of salt. It's just one way of looking at a game. You see what you see with your eyes. You saw what you saw on Saturday. You saw Grossell make plays. You saw Jakovic make plays. And people can make all the statistical analysis on their, of their own that they want. But in the end, the win is a win. And sometimes these types of things... They just don't really matter in the end. When we come back, we're going to talk to Eric Hofsis about basketball. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Coors Light. Coors Light is the perfect beer when you're on the go. And we're always on the go. That's kind of what the American way of life is. We're always working, working, working. We have a million things going on. We have social things that we're doing. We have family, friends, this, that, and everything. And the holidays, you're always on 24-7. 
That's why a nice ice-cold Coors Light is the perfect beer that's literally made to chill. You know, it's a Wednesday or a Thursday, and there's sports on. Maybe you've worked a, t- a tough day, a 10-hour day with you know meetings and, and all sorts of demands. Crack open a nice cold Coors Light and watch some Thursday night football. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Now, Coors Light is the beer I need and I like when I want to chill. It's the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Locked On Boston College. This is AJ Black. With me, as always, is my co-host, Eric Hostis. Eric, how's it going tonight? I'm feeling great. Thank you very much, Mr. Black. So we have Eric here for two segments today. We're going to talk with Eric about basketball, and we're going to talk to him about football. We're going to jump in to the basketball talk because, you know, football, it's, you know, they're on the, the back nine right now for the end of their season. But basketball, it's just starting to kick off. Eric, what are your, um, you know, Origin, um, your your first thoughts when you think of how the seasons have gone, the season has gone so far for the men's basketball team. Um, you know, I, I think um, you know generally, uh, I I do see a lot of positive right now with the team. I think I think they played really well for, from start to finish against Nova. I think Nova is just you know five tiers better than BC, so even though I don't I don't think BC blew that game, I think Nova just hit a gear that only maybe five teams in the country can hit. And they did that to BC and won the game. I thought uh, the URI game uh, went pretty well, considering they didn't have Jay Heath um, for the game. Um, and then there was a St. John's game. You know, it's, it's great. They finished, they started really strong, finished really strong. You know, it kind of came unhinged there in the middle. So, this next game against Florida will be pretty big. Um, you know, I, I, I think they've had two good games, one bad so far. Um, and th- this is going to be, be a big game. Now, you know, I, I think an interesting thing to note is we've been hearing all year about um, the murderer's row that BC is facing in the non-conference. The – the thing about it is um, they're kind of in the same boat as a lot of other teams. I mean, nobody, nobody's really playing that many cupcakes now and everyone's kind of, kind of playing each other. Um, Like tonight I see Rhode Island's playing Seton Hall. Rhode Island just got done playing a bunch of the teams BC played in the bubble, of course. So kind of everyone is playing that, you know, name brand opponent. There's, there's no, uh, you know, Holy Cross is on the schedule right now, or uh, you know, uh, Hartford, Jacksonville, Jacksonville State, Hartford. Yeah, although you kind of got to play them and smoke them the other night. Um, so, so, so coming up, just looking at the schedule here, um, and, and of course, this is always in flux, right? Because yep. uh, all of a sudden, Florida, Florida pops on the schedule next, um, and that's a pretty that I mean, they're a good team. They're they're considered a top five SEC team. Um, they're, they're considered, a, a you know, a tournament team this year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're, 
Um, a lot of publications have them ranked as a top 25 team. So this is going to be a big test. They're not as good as Villanova, but they are better uh, than URI or St. John's. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, back to what I was saying, if they, if they can kind of get by this game, um, the schedule isn't as daunting as you think coming up. Like, like they have Minnesota coming up. Minnesota is considered kind of a bottom rung Big Ten team. Yep. Syracuse, Syracuse is coming up. Syracuse is not uh, your dad's Syracuse basketball school anymore. I mean, they almost lost to Bryant the other day. Um, they, they kind of pulled away in the last minute. Syracuse is not a great team by any means. Uh, after that is Cal. Cal is considered uh, kind of a middling Pac-10 team. So, listen, if, if this team, you know, the talent's better, and if this team is ready for the next jump, I mean, they, they ought to win two or three of these next four games. If, if they're making progress like uh, we hope, then that's, that's a realistic expectation. So, what you know, you're looking at this team, and you see two games that they've pl- played pretty well and one that was kind of a clunker. You 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 have the things that you're you're positive about the things you're negative about. What concerns, Eric, do you have about the way they've played so far? Like from from your perspective, what have you noticed, and what are you what are you worried about? Um. Well, one of the the last game, the last game, you know, had some worrying things because they had a they came off a nice win against URI, and that's that's one of the things about Christian's tenure here, right? Like. They do beat good teams from time to time, and you think there's some momentum going, and then the next time out, they just kind of throw a clunker at you. I mean, they, they made St. John's for a large portion of that game look like a very good team, and they're not. St. John's isn't a great team, and, and BC made them look like that. With uh, I mean, their their defense was, was hideous, and that that's the thing, though, about BC, right, this year is – they're going to have to score in the 80s and 90s to beat teams. I mean, the defense just isn't there. It's never really been there. Um, fortunately, now they finally, I think, have enough offensive weapons where they can score uh, in the 80 points or so a game, and that's that's realistic, where that wasn't maybe uh, the past few years. But uh, So the defense – I mean, you're going to talk about concerns. It's, it's, the defense mm-hmm. is still a concern. Um, they don't play good defense. Um, it's, it's just a fact there. They don't. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully that's, that's offset um, by their offense. I think, I think the other thing that worries me is uh, just kind of finding like, like a third score um, consistently. I, I think I'm pretty confident what you get out of Jay Heath and Winston tabs every night as scores. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I thought Makai, uh, Langford would kind of be that third guy. He's shown flashes at times, especially the first game against Villanova. He looked really good. Um, hopefully they can kind of get that out of him. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think they're kind of waiting on the freshman Boo Langford to come along here. He's, he's had some explosive drives to the hoop that have yep. kind of uh, fizzled that he got fouled or missed a dunk. So like you kind of see it with him and it's just, I mean, ho- hopefully it uh, happens sooner rather than later, but that's, that would be my two biggest concerns right now, defense and uh, just finding like that consistent third score. And uh, I don't, I don't think it's Mr. Kelly. <laughs> so my question for you, so you meant, you mentioned Rich Kelly. Um, what, if you were to name one player that 
their play has stuck out the most to you so far. Who would you pick? I've really been impressed with uh, with Heath. Um, it, it feels like like last year, it kind of come and go with him. You know what you get, and I kind I know it's only three games. Well, he's only played two, but. I felt like in both games, like when he had the ball, like, all right, like this guy, this, I feel confident um, if the ball's in his hands, he's going to be able to score if he gets, if he gets the chance. So um, I, I feel very confident in him right now and, and tabs as well. And then uh, I, you know, I feel pretty confident what Steph Mitchell gives me like on the glass and defensively. Um, so th- those three guys game in and game out, I know what I'm getting. Um I think kind of the unknown is is the rest of the lineup. Um, I I think we've seen some wild fluctuations in what each guy brings to the table, game in and game out with the rest of the lineup, um, and that's that's what the coaching staff needs to figure out is how to use these guys. Um, I, I've seen Kelly get trashed on Twitter a bit, and uh, uh, they'll, they'll have to figure out figure out how to use him too. Um, hey, there's something there. It's just you don't see it consistently out of him and they need to figure out how to use him successfully. Yeah, exactly. And, and kind of like help him rail it in um, at times. Like sometimes he's almost too aggressive, taking it to the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you, you don't want a guy that's just going to sit on the perimeter and pass the ball around. Uh, on, on the other hand, you need a guy that's going to uh, kind of, feel the game and know like when he has it and when he has a good shot and uh he's made some incredible buckets and then also some shots where uh i don't know he looks like uh, i don't know me out there or something like so i think i think with kelly it's finding a sweet spot of like what's a good shot and what's a good time to drive to the hoop i i said this on last week's podcast i I get a feeling rich kelly is going to be one of the most polarizing players on this team this year yeah, I think I think so too. I think uh, <laughs> I think he's going to make people. It, it's funny. It's funny because like uh, he should be a likable guy. Like he hustles, he plays hard, yeah. um, and uh, he doesn't have like this overly athletic physique. He's like kind of a guy like you can relate to. And then on the, the other times, uh, on the other hand, the complete opposite side is just kind of had some maddening stretches of play where you're just like, dude, what are you doing out there? Mm-hmm. Um, but then he has stretches where you're like, Oh my God, get this guy, the ball. So it's uh <laughs> polarizing is a great, a great word. I think for, uh, for him and the ups and downs fans will go through with him. All right. So Eric will be back in just a moment. We're going to, we're going to hit the reset button and talk about football with Eric when we come back. All right. Locked on Boston college, AJ black here again with Eric office. We're going to talk football. Uh, Eric, before we start, I wanted to tell you a quick little story. Um, I was actually on Sirius ACC today with Nicole Arbach and um, Roddy Jones talking about BC football. And, you know, we're all in this pandemic world and I am stuck. My wife was at a doctor's appointment, so I'm stuck with the two-year-old as I'm trying to record. And I set, I mean, uh, to be on their radio show, it's live, so they can't like edit anything. And I set it up. I was like, here, watch Moana, have some graham crackers and milk and, hopefully I can, I can, I can, you know, glide through this. Everything's going fine. Five minutes in, I start talking about Jeff Halfley and his ears perk up and he comes flying into the other room. Halfley, Halfley, Halfley. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. 
And so <laughs> I tried to quiet him down. He wouldn't stop. So my son was on Sirius a- ACC and talked to Nicole Auerbach about Jeff Halfley at some point. He, he, he kept jumping in. And she actually asked a question of him at the very end of the podcast, whether she thought Jeff Halfley should be ACC coach of the year. Um, so it, it's some of those little, mo- as a parent, sometimes those moments that are just like, you, you can't plan them, but you get people who understand oh, it. Oh, man. <laughs> so too in, funny i can relate to that yeah so in the in the span of this pandemic my sons talked to jeff halfley and talked to nicole Arbeck and uh roddy jones so uh Not he's bad. already he's already got his media chops under him um so we're going to talk a little bit about uva now this is a team you know i did some research i dug in uh if you could check it out on bc bulletin um i looked at the statistics and they're just like they're kind of like a a team like BC, there's they don't do anything spectacularly. Like BC's got the passing game, and even that, their stats aren't they don't just jump off the charts at you. But UVA, you, you know, you look at their offense, it's it's kind of middle of the road. And you look at the defense, and the big issue, and I brought this up um, earlier this week, their passing defense is dead last in the ACC. Eric, I know you always come armed with statistics and things that jump out to you. What have you noticed about UVA? Um, you summed it up correctly. Um, and, and they're kind of like a BC light version, I'd call them. Um, and the, the interesting thing about them is like nothing jumps off the page. They're just, they're just in the middle of like every stat you can think of, like total offense. They're ninth in the ACC. Um, uh, scoring offense, they are eighth in the ACC. Uh, total defense, tenth in the ACC. Scoring defense, uh, seventh in the ACC. Like, you see what I mean? they just, like, in the middle of everything. And then, like, when you watch them, too, I- I've seen them a couple times, and, like, I never turn on the games to watch Virginia. It's more like It's more like who they happen to be playing. And every game, I just leave the game, like, yeah, they're not bad. Like they don't, they don't, they don't look spectacular, but they don't usually look horrible. Um, uh, dare I say, like they they don't play the same like uh, uh, you know formations and playbook, but like they kind of remind me of Adazio's BC teams. Like they're just like, yeah, you know, they're not bad. Like they're not, they're they're never going to beat Clemson, but like. Uh, uh, they probably uh, won't lose to Syracuse either. Like, like th- that's just kind of what they are. Like, you'll just get a consistent, decent game out of them. So, I'd say I hope BC uh, comes ready to play because if you go through the motions versus Virginia, they're probably going to beat you. That's that's I think how they pick up a lot of their wins. And, and not um, to and not to jump in on the nothing stands out on the page. Like you look at every team in the ACC and, and maybe other than like Syracuse and Duke and you can find, and, and even those teams, you can find some guys you could, you can pick out players that are like, Oh, you know, they have Sam Howell, uh, Louisville. They've got Tutu Atwell and Malik Cunningham. I don't, I have to say as someone who's covered this team, there's no star power on the GBA team at all. Like none, no one on that team is like someone you're like, Oh, you know, you're going to get to see blah, blah, blah play because, they're, just like their stats, there's nothing about this team 
that stands out. No, they're so they're so. You're right. They're so nondescript. It's like if you're watching a, like a sports movie and like yeah. about a team, they're the other team. Like the just no name uh, guys, the nondescript opponent. Um, and and you're right. Like you watch the game and you're like, I'm not quite sure who like the best player is uh, on offense in this team. Like like some guys are a little better than others, but yeah, it's. Uh, Kind of a weird situation, that's for sure. Yeah, but you're right, though. They're, they don't do anything spectacular, but they don't do it other than their pass defense. They don't really do anything bad either. They're just they're no, middle. No, they're just, you know? just a middling thing. And, like, uh, um, you you wonder, like, like I've never, I've never questioned BC's motivation this year. I think, I think they've played hard every single game this year, which is a credit to Coach Halfley and the staff. I'm just like, and I have no inside information of how the team's feeling right now or anything, but I do wonder, like, if, if the team's kind of like, ah, you know, it's been a good year. We clinched a winning record. Um, we had some good moments. Like, it's almost like, I don't, I don't know what BC feels like it still has to prove, like, this year outside of, like, a bowl game against uh, a non-conference opponent, hopefully, um, that happens. It's like, I don't know. Are they are they super motivated to go out and beat Virginia? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. So that's the only uh, I saw. And like, I don't know. I feel like I, I say this a lot, but like the, the Vegas line originally opened at Virginia minus eight and quickly got bet down to minus six. But still, I'm like, geez, I don't I don't think Virginia is six points better than than BC. So um, yeah, that's that's the like I. That's the only thing that worries me really about this game. Like I, there's, there's nothing Virginia does that I think BC is going to have problem with really on either side of the ball. It's just like, all right, what's, what's BC's motivation um, at this point in the year? So I guess we'll see. I, I, I've learned never to uh, doubt Coach Halfley, so maybe he'll find a way to get him pumped up for this game. Yeah, and, you know, I think, too, to look at, I think the big – you know, you, you mentioned the Vegas spread, and I, I, I ripped it on Twitter – and was like, what? Uh, eight points at this team? Right. And uh, immediately, one of the bookmakers <laughs> tweeted at me and said something about how they play conservative. Not that they play conservative. They they put lines conservatively when there's injuries to like a star player. So like Djokovic's injury. Oh, okay. And that's why they did that. Now that that leads my question to you because I'd love to get your insight on this. And, and it kind of leads into your com your topic that you just brought up. If BC doesn't really feel like they have a ton to play for, does it even make sense to play Djokovic or just let Dennis Grossell play? You know, it's funny. Some people were really passionate, I think. Um, maybe you were tweeting like a, a, a preview of the podcast or something recently, and we questioned – I think we were questioning whether he should play the rest of the year. This was before last weekend. Oh, the set, shoulder separation, right? Yeah, and some people were really passionate. Like, they, they – replied like of course you play him and all this stuff and at the time I was like I don't think you have to play him and now after uh, a nice win last weekend um, although although Louisville wasn't really that good either but but you know senior day go out and get a get a win for the seniors and stuff and now I'm like I, I don't know like what are you gonna think are you are you really gonna feel that much differently about the season if um they beat Virginia by three or lose to them by four. Like, I, I don't think so. I think we're going to still look back on the season and 
I think it was a really good year and that the future is probably as bright as it's been in a long, long time. So I, I honestly wouldn't, I, if I was a coach, I'd talk to him and, and uh, at least sit him out until the bowl game, give him like a couple of weeks off or something, but I don't know. They didn't for last game and maybe he really wants to play. I don't know, but if it was yeah, me, gonna, I probably wouldn't play him. I, I don't see the point. Like there's the future is so bright next year with, with everyone they have coming back on offense. It's like, Oh man, why risk anything against, against Virginia to get seven, uh, you know, an extra win. Yeah. And I, honestly, on top of that, I've said it before, like, you know, Grossell's earned it. Like if, if Jakovic is not a hundred percent and as you said, you don't want to risk it, let the kid play. He's, He's done everything you've asked. You know, Halfley has been effusive in terms of his praise of him. And he deserved, like I talked, I've talked to Dennis Grossell a bunch of times over the summer and he, he did. And Halfley's totally correct. He doesn't pout about losing his starting job. He is, you know, he's still a leader and he's preparing. I'm totally fine. If they decide to sit Jakovic and let Grossell get a, a crack at it. Why not? The kid, kid, it's, it's a college kid that deserves it. You know what I mean? Right. So, Eric, um, going into this game, it sounds like there's a lot of – this is a game, again, we're talking about this, this amorphous team that no one really knows a lot about that doesn't really do a lot well. What are you predicting for this game on Saturday? I mean, if, if BC is motivated to play, like I, I could see them winning a ugly like 27-24 kind of game. Like I, I think they're better than Virginia. Um, that being said, like I don't, I don't know what their their mo- motivation is versus uh, Virginia. I, I believe it's senior day for them, so like they're they're gonna ha- be pretty motivated to get a win for their seniors. So that's that's like kind of the uh, in, in college, like motivation is such a big thing. So yep. um, I'll I'll be interested to see. I, I mean, I I, on- I honestly will be really. I'm already very impressed with Halfley, but. It'll just be like another notch under his belt if he can get these guys pumped up for a game against Virginia with really like nothing on the line. Yeah, and so that that kind of wraps up. We'll, we'll stop it there. But before I let Eric go, super quick, and if you don't, and I I didn't prep you for this, so I, I if you don't have an answer, that's fine. John Rothstein earlier this week talked about the practice facility for the basketball team. Do you have any information on that? Do you know where it's going to be? Um, do you know where where the status of that is? And if you don't, that's fine too. Um, no, and it, it, I'll just say it's, it was interesting, like his timing of that, because that it's like, that's not like really new news that it's something that they're wanting to do and like is being planned. Like, like, I don't, I don't know why he tweeted that all of a sudden, like I read it and I was like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. But, um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't, <clears throat> and judging by his tweet, I, I didn't think he had really any new information that. Um, has been talked about before, so that w- that was interesting. At this point, I like, uh, you know, hopefully they make some movement on it instead of just 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 talking about it. Okay, I just thought I'd ask you because sometimes you you seem to know things. But it's a, yeah, no, and it's just I just add it's 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 desperately needed. Like BC, um, it's you talk to the AAU coaches um, around here in New England, and it's it's like a known thing that they have the worst. Uh, basketball facilities in the conference so yeah uh, they they need they just like football did and kind of like uh the basement of having the worst facilities recently like it's time to do it with basketball and baseball too i was mentioned that on the podcast i'm not oh, I know yeah that. exactly 
their their facilities are gorgeous now. But um, uh, the one thing I thought about when I heard what Rothstein tweeted was he's a guy that I assume is very connected to the program. He's he seems to know the injury reports for BC right when it happens, and it, you know. So I'm assuming someone at the program talks to him. Um, so I was wondering if someone just fed that to him for a particular reason. Why? I don't know. But it seemed like, it, as you were saying, it was odd to come out then. I don't know if they finally got the funding for it or, you know, they got a plan in place. But we'll, we'll find out more about that later. Eric, anything you want to plug before you head out? Uh, yeah, just the social uh, media, Hoffa Barbecue. That's it. All right, this is AJ Black. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the UVA game, and we'll give you even more updates on hockey and basketball. There'll be a lot to talk about, so you're going to want to check out Locked On Boston College. If you have not done so already, please follow us on your favorite podcast directory. Hit that subscribe button so you make sure you get all the latest uh, editions. If you guys are in Spotify, I know we're new, and you get – one of those uh, raps that says that BC bullet, um, sorry, locked on Boston college is one of your favorite podcasts. Send it to me at locked on BC. I'd love to retweet it. So I know we've only been doing this for a little, of, um, but you know, if you've just started listening to podcasts, it might send it to you. So send it to us. We'd love to retweet you. Um, again, this is AJ black. You can follow me at AJ black underscore BC, and I'll see you all again on Monday. Take care, everyone.